Hello, hello, beautiful friend. Welcome to the next installment of the Spiritual Network Marketer. I'm your host, Luna Ashley, and I'm so excited to give you a sneak peek into my personal team training where I brought in author Susie Moore. And if that name is not ringing a bell for you, I'm going to read you a little snippet from her official bio so you can understand what an overall business badass this woman is. So she's been featured in the Today Show, Oprah, I mean, come on guys, hello, Oprah, Business Insider, The Huffington Post, Forbes, Time Inc. Come on, Time Inc, guys, Marie Claire. She is amazing. Okay, her first book, What If It Does Work Out, was named by Entrepreneur as one of the eight business books entrepreneurs must read to dominate their industry. She just released Stop Checking Your Likes, Go Check It Out. And this book is the reason why I invited her to come and spit fire at our organization. And spit fire, this woman did. She was absolutely incredible. So stay tuned. I'm going to give you that sneak peek into my personal team training. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy as this woman lights it up. And if you enjoyed this podcast, sister friend, do me a solid. Make sure to screen capture this. Tag me. I'm at the Luna Ashley. Tag Susie and make sure to go grab her book too. Okay, beautiful friends, a huge, huge, huge welcome. I'm so excited. If we could have anybody who is a rank six or above in my in my personal line, if you could just take a quick picture of who is in the chat right now, that would be great and send that over to me. There is a gift coming. But I am so excited to introduce to you guys our special celeb. I've been introducing you as a celebrity, by the way. <laughs> Um, celeb star Susie Moore. If you guys are, if you've been listening, if you're in my chat, and you've been listening to the professional development, you've heard a couple podcasts with this incredible woman. It's been kind of clues or hints. I'm curious if anybody was like, hmm, I wonder if it's Susie. But if you are brand, brand, brand new to this incredible soul, let me let me introduce you to Susie Moore, okay? And I have like a long list here because there there's lot there's lots of things because. It's really important, guys, that you understand who you are about ready to hear from, right? Be poured into. Like, this isn't just random person off the ground. So, Susie was a contributor to a major 500 ink company, like sales director turned entrepreneur. Okay. She has contributed to the likes of Oprah.com. She's been in Forbes, Marie Claire. She's been on the Today Show. Like, are you guys feeling me right now? And there's more, okay? Like, it's wild. She's on her second book book release right now. Her first book, What If It Does Work Out, was actually featured in Entrepreneur Magazine. Is that right? Entrepreneur Magazine as one of the top eight books that if you're an entrepreneur, you've got to read this to change your business. Like, so please understand. Like, she is trained. Was it Miriam that you told me? It was Miriam that you trained yeah. for her? She's trained for... Other network marketing companies, as in, this would be like, she'd be a keynote speaker for all of Prove It, right? Mm -hmm. To teach on sales, to teach on strategy. And we have her here for us, for our team. So if you are excited, I need to see you just celebrate in the chat, say welcome, like let's give her a huge Prove It welcome, like what we do and allow her to feel our energy and how excited we are. So you guys, her book is not yet out, but guess what I have here? Her book. 
Hmm, I wonder why, because the first 50 of you guys who popped on here are going to be getting this book, all right? I've got boxes of this book in my home. I heard her talk about this book, and I was like, I need your publicist's information right now because we need to get this into the team's hands. So that's why I said first 50, because I only have 50 copies. Mine's arriving late. <laughs> Later, I didn't know I was going to get it this soon. I would have said 51. So I'm really excited. I got 50 copies of this. It's Stop Checking Your Likes. And it's not, like I said, it's not even officially released. Is that correct, Susie? That's tomorrow. right. Yes, officially released tomorrow. Yes. So let's send, you guys know we're the energy team. So let's send all, all the good vibes. Right? We're going to have an amazing book release, all of the incredible things. So Susie, I'm so excited to just allow you to really riff on the title of Stop Checking Your Likes and this topic of people pleasing and... I wrote this question down. I would love for you to maybe start here, wherever you feel called to start. But this idea of what if they don't like me? What if I'm being salesy? What if, like, what would you say to that woman who, we have a lot of women here. We also have men, but I say that woman. If she's in that place, I would, I would just love to hear. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so delighted to be here with you ladies. I know we're entrepreneurs here, salespeople, and we're in the right place, right? If you think about it. In history right now where we are I always say that those of us who are really in control of our financial destiny with what it is that we can sell how often we do it how we present it really you know seizing the control we're at the right place at the right time doing the right thing and what I've noticed you know as a salesperson and as somebody who's coached a lot of salespeople and CEOs is that the most important thing isn't being the even the best, right? Or the most experienced, certainly not the most qualified. These things can all be useful, yes. But confidence is the most important quality. It really uplevels all other virtues. It allows us to, to be out there, to really you know, take courage and do the things that most people are just, you know, frankly, too afraid to do because they're worried about judgment. Just like you said, Luna, it's really easy to think, oh, you know, I don't want to annoy anybody. You know, I don't want them to not like me. I don't want to be, you know, pushy or whatever our beliefs are around the sales process. Whereas sales is, you know, if you put it, put it simply, it's just a value exchange, right? You have something that's of value and people exchange that for money. And I think that when we can just allow our enthusiasm to be transferred, when we don't overcomplicate it, and when we come from this place of worthiness, right? Knowing that what it is that we're putting out there, you know, being aligned with it, loving it, it's really up to the person who then receives the offer. We give them the dignity whether or not to decide whether or not it's for them. And I've been getting a lot of feedback recently from people who are quite uncomfortable selling at this particular time because of you know, where, where we are in the world, what's happening in the news. And I say, no, like nothing good happens to any economy when money stops circulating. And we need to have the courage to sell, to continue to serve and, and be out there, or we need to resign our posts as entrepreneurs and have the courage and then work for someone who has the courage to sell. So it's so important for us to, to own it, to be comfortable with it, because whatever our interpretation of our role is, how we present, how we feel, it's going to be received the same way. If we're nervous, people sense it. If we're courageous, people sense it. And think about it. If you have something of value to share with others, fantastic. Like that's our obligation to share what's useful, what's good, what can help them. And then what somebody else decides isn't up to you, but it's just your job to make it available. And thank God that people do this, right? Because we buy things all the time. We need them. 
And therefore, like the world needs people like us who have the courage to do it, to go for it. And one other thing that I've noticed too, as a seller specifically, is so much of this is just volume, right? We don't need to take everything so personally. The people who succeed just tend to like go for it more and make more calls, send more emails, whatever your reach out method is. And know that you know, rejection is never personal. Even the word rejection, even the idea of it is such an illusion. We can create a whole story around it, or we can understand that it's often just not the right time for somebody. So kind of putting it in perspective and knowing just showing up, <laughs> I mean, showing up is such a big part of it, um, and just staying at it and knowing that so much of this is just numbers, conversions. I mean, sales is like this kind of contact sport, right? Are you kind of out there making the contact? And then realizing that it's not this kind of deep personal story it has nothing to do with your worthiness. If somebody rejects you, it's just a not right now for them. And that's okay. So powerful. I love that idea of that rejection. And I hear this so often. Well, they rejected me. And just the energy behind it is they're, mm. they're saying I'm not worthy instead of mm. that it's more of a not for me right now. It's not a personal rejection. So thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. One of the things that I love that I heard you talk about, and I would love for you to chat a little bit about this, and you mentioned it briefly was about the stories that we're bringing in so like the story we attach to oh i only got two likes and i poured my heart out everybody must hate me or uh, another common story that i hear is well i've been doing this for two years three years i should be right this comparison story mm -hmm. so lots of stories mm -hmm. and i would love for you to talk about that pro that evidence finding process yes and just dive a little bit into that so that maybe we can begin to examine the story, A, and then bring in your tool of that evidence finding. Yes. So when we look at really any interpretation that we have about anything, right? And if you think, you know, this is really what our thoughts are. Our thoughts, when they're repeated on loop, they become our beliefs, right? And then our beliefs show up in the form of thinking, you know, we don't trust those people or money is hard to make or this or that is good or bad. And the thing is reality is just an interpretation and it's up to us how we're going to shape it and look at it, which then completely determines what it is we get to experience in our life and what it, you know, what it is that we get to be, do and have. So sometimes when we think, oh my gosh, this is bad. This is annoying. I'm, you know, what I'm doing um, doesn't feel comfortable. Therefore it's wrong. Just because something is hard, we think that we're doing it wrong. I mean, if, if success was so easy, I mean, if, if everything was so easy, we'd all have six packs and we'd all be running these very successful businesses, right? Everybody would be an entrepreneur. It takes some work on our part. So whenever there's a thought or a, which then creates an emotion, which doesn't feel good, it's really important to question a thought and say, is this, is this thought a fact, right? Because very little is actually very factual in this world. And the successful people, especially in sales, will take a piece of information, so a piece of feedback, a comment, a rejection, and I'll, I'll always do my little air quotes with rejection because it is such an illusion, and they'll create, that. they'll attach meaning to it, and then they'll kind of create their own backup statements and get yeah, this story around it. So just say somebody rejects you, and then you think, oh my gosh, I'm, 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 I'm not worthy, I'm doing something wrong, I'm failing. You can question each thought, you can write it down, and then say, you know, is this a fact? Like, is this a fact? And the fundamental truth, my friends, is that your worthiness is never in question. It's impossible for your worthiness to be questioned because think about what it means for you to be alive right now, right? The, just the miracle that's your life. Like, 
all the things that had to take place in order for you to be here right now, this, this particular time in history, how your parents met, how their parents met, the fact that you've kind of made it through as many years as you have and you're still here, right? There is nothing deletable about your worthiness, not ever. Even, if, even a million likes or a million rejections doesn't question that. It's just this permanent thing. But sometimes one way I describe it in the book is, you know, if you have like a hundred dollar bill, right? And it's really crumbled up and maybe it went through the wash a couple of times and there's nail polish on it, like whatever. It's still just as valuable as a crisp, perfect dollar bill, right? So no matter what it is that we've experienced some hardships and things have gone wrong, you know, we, we feel as if, you know, it's been hard, we've struggled. Your worthiness is fixed and there is nothing that you or anybody else can do about it. And when you can understand that, when you can understand that even just a little bit, your life will change because not every negative experience or unwanted experience that comes into your life is going to hit you at that deep level of, you know, oh my gosh, what does this say about me? I'm not enough. Because when you look at any problem, any, any, negative, any negative experience, unwanted experience that you have, if you break it down, if you keep breaking it down, so someone rejected me, what does that mean? I'm not good at what I do. What does that mean? I'm a failure. What does that mean? I'm not worthy. Right? It'll always come down to this worthiness issue. If this is something that you can accept <laughs> that your worthiness is fixed, then all the other problems, right, which come into our lives, and sometimes we even seek them out without knowing it. We go around looking for proof that, you know, some people offend us, that people don't like us. We, we find what we look for in a lot of cases. Um, if we could just shift this fundamental belief, then, I mean, what, how, these, these problems that just, you know, that come up in our lives, they just, they dissolve. They start to dissolve on their own and it's a wonderful thing. And when you do start to understand your worthiness at this fundamental level, your confidence just comes naturally because you start to understand that confidence isn't always getting it right and winning or being perfect or being further ahead than anybody else. It's simply your ability to understand negative emotion, being willing to experience it in the body, knowing that it's something that will pass through just like positive emotion and knowing that it doesn't have to mean anything. You can say, yeah, look, that doesn't feel good. I'm human. But you know that negative emotion? I'm willing to experience it because it's not who I am. It won't kill me and I'm going to be okay. And then if that were true, right, if you had this ability to withstand negative emotion, what couldn't you do? Like, what would you be doing in your life, right, in your business, if, you know, negative emotion didn't, had a really good perspective, you had a really good perspective on it, knowing it's not that important and it's temporary, the worst thing that can happen to you is a feeling, then what, what would you be doing? I bet you'd be going, thinking really big, doing a whole lot more and kind of going for the things that maybe you think the other people who are maybe a bit further ahead or more capable are going for. Because like, why not? Like, why not you? And why not now? You know, it, it's a bit, whatever is available to anybody else success-wise is also available to you. That is powerful. Guys, I am writing so many notes and we're not, we're not even halfway done right now. Okay. So that was massively powerful. I just, I need to repeat that question. Like where would we all be collectively and individually if we weren't, I don't even know if scared is the right word, but yeah. of this negative, negative emotion. So 
Thank you, Susie. Yes, yeah. a feeling, and you've already had bad feelings, and you will continue to have them because it's not saying that life's going to go your way. We'll still get results that we don't want. That's just part of it, but it will just be okay with you, and your bounce back rate will be faster because your perspective will be there. And then think about it: no time moping around, no time or less time thinking. Mm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a bit down because you just you kind of understand. But it's all it's it's not as serious as you make it out to be. Oh my goodness. And the idea of a bounce back rate too. Oh yes. That's powerful. Like how fast is my bounce back rate? And we talk a lot on our team about emotional intelligence, which I think in a reframe is really what's my bounce back rate mm -hmm. when this negative thing happens yeah. to us. Could you talk a little bit more about that? The bounce back rate and maybe some strategies, yes. what you notice in people who are top in sales. Yes. Yeah. If you look at any successful person, so entrepreneur, salesperson specifically, or anybody who just achieves a lot, even if you look at just an athlete, for example, those who really like kick ass, right? Who get really great results, who break records, who make the most money, who have the most profits, like however you're measuring success in your field, they have failed way more times than they've succeeded. And they failed way more than any of their peers because they're willing to experience that negative emotion, right? They're willing for it to be nothing, like no thing, <laughs> nothing. And um, it's interesting, even when, so for example, I'm promoting my book at the moment and one way I grow my business is using the media. And I think that's a really great, powerful tool because it's very big and it's available to all of us. The media just want regular stories and people like, you know, you and me. And so people see my big media wins, right? Like TV spots, uh, you know, tier A brands. And they don't know that for me to get a, you know, a big brand win, there are probably like at least eight or nine rejections that have happened. And I think that that's absolutely cool. And I talk about this a lot because I, sometimes I think we think that it's easier for other people, right? We think, oh, you know, nothing bad happens to them. They don't get criticism. They don't get like knocked down. They don't get the things that we get. And they do, they are just, their bounce back is just stronger. And the way that we can strengthen this is first of all, knowing that you are not your job, first of all, right? We're so much more than even just our jobs. You are not any rejection that comes your way or any critical statement. We're so much more than that. And knowing that, yeah, like it happens, like it happens next. I'm closer to a yes each time. It's up to me. And then kind of, you know, instead of creating a narrative, wanting to talk it out. It can be really helpful even just to distract yourself and to balance the thoughts that you're having that are negative that feel tough with other thoughts, right? And sometimes even just a distraction technique, if something tricky happened, to do something else, like to watch a funny YouTube video, to call a friend to speak about something else that then helps or serves them. And not kind of being in our ego, which will allow us to dwell and to be like, hmm, you know, like, and it's okay. Sometimes we need to have a break. And if you're really not feeling great, it's probably not the best time to be taking action because you want to take aligned action, right? We're feeling good because you know how good that feels. When we're feeling good and doing the things, you know, in sales, how like we can almost feel like this buzz, right? It's so great. Um, so if you need a break, take it. Because even just by the, by the act of taking a break, you're already acknowledging your unworthiness again, saying, look, I'm worthy of a break and this is going to pass. So being lighter about it, it's available and it's responsible to do this. Sometimes we think, oh, no, 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 unless I'm suffering every single minute, like I'm not doing my job. I'm not, you know, taking this seriously. And there is no trophy for suffering and suffering your way to any goal probably won't make the arrival like 
really that fantastic. So thinking, you know, how can I be lighter about this? How can this be fun? How can I give it some perspective? And remember, like, this is your life. This moment is your life. You know, this is your work. Your work matters. Making a contribution is meant to be fun, right? It's meant to be something that you have, have pleasure doing. It's your, your, your duty, right? Your lifetime to contribute. So you're allowed to have, like, have fun doing it. And making less important and less deep and meaningful these kind of rejections that we feel is such a huge part of being able to really fully enjoy your work and therefore just be a lot more successful too. Bomb. Okay, guys, did we just get, and Susie, you can correct us, but I, did you just give us permission to take breaks and look a little baby elephant memes? Because that's what I feel like just happened. And we talk a lot about it's important to not just burn yourself out. And what I just heard was permission, I guess, if we even need yes. to just take a moment. And yes. also this idea of duty, this like, duty to what would you call that? Duty to success, duty to... Yeah, it's like an obligation to yourself. Like, we know who we are. I mean, our success sometimes can even scare us, right? Knowing what it is that we can achieve. And sometimes it's like, gosh, if we did the things that we were capable of, we would astound ourselves. Thomas Edison said that, who created like, well, he's like, oh my gosh, if we even did 10% of what we were capable of, we would astound ourselves. But it could be scary, right? Even to be successful because we put ourselves out there more. We put ourselves in the line for criticism. We, we open up you know, ourselves to mistakes or failures. But if you just keep coming back to this truth, the worst thing that can happen is a feeling, right? It's really just such a mental game. In fact, managing your kind of mental focus is your only job really in this world when you think about it because everything else becomes easier when we feel strong. Then, I mean, it, then taking a break, doing, what it, doing whatever it, you, know, you need, your body needs, you know, I mean, sleeping enough, just taking good, like loving yourself, like eating like you love yourself, sleeping like you love yourself, speaking to yourself like you love yourself. What then couldn't be possible? Because when you're taking care of such a, like a, such a miracle human, you know, and you're allowed to, you're, you're, you're meant, okay, I, I'll repeat this again and again, because it's very rarely repeated or said, but it, it bears repeating, but this is also meant to be fun, right? And the struggling and the suffering and kind of um, sometimes, you know, holding ourselves back and feeling like it's hard, it doesn't propel us towards success, right? The journey matters, like the quality of the journey really is reflected in like the quality of the destination, the experience we have when we get there. So it's important to, to know that you need to do what you need to do to take care of yourself and to enjoy, like enjoy the ride <laughs> because the ride never ends. There's always just going to be new levels, new levels. And it's okay to, you know, to, to make it fun, like to make it fun and like full of pleasure for yourself. I'm pretty sure you're my spirit animal. Like that's what's coming. <laughs> anybody else who's just like, oh my gosh, Susie Moore. Wow. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for all of that that you just said. Okay, so I really, like, this is really popping out at me. I would love for you to chat. Okay, cycle back real quick. I saw somebody in the chat say, and I want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. They said, I think I'm hearing just be positive. But yet I heard you say, we need to be able to hold negative emotion and move through it. So I'm a former teacher. I know we chatted about that and got, like, on just a friend level, Susie is amazing. Like, I, you can already feel that. Like, she just has a beautiful heart aside of all the accolades and all of the things. Like, please hear me. Like, she is just an amazing human being. But what would you say, and like I said, former teacher, and I know you have to hear something at least seven times, maybe more, um, to hear that. So what would you say to the, and 
I don't know, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe we're just talking about being positive all the time, but I, is that accurate? What would you, what would you say? Yes. Uh, that? I think positive thinking, I don't really use that expression, but it's not enough, right? It's not lasting. It can be a decision temporarily. If you think I want to think positive about a particular situation, but it has to be a little deeper than that, right? It has to come from a core steadiness. And if you're, you know, positive thinking, then you can also be negative thinking. And it can be almost like this, you know, what ways have been blowing today? Like how, you know, how am I responding to, you know, whatever. I think once we find our own steadiness grounded in the fact that, you know, something deeper than just how well business is going or how somebody's responding to us that day, but knowing that there is this just unshakable worthiness here and the work that we matter, that, that we do matters, that our, you know, the fact that we take up space in this world isn't something that we need to justify and there's nothing to prove, knowing that we belong here and we have something valuable to offer, then you don't really even need to think positively because the, the thoughts that you have will come and go, all temporary, right, anyway, and you'll know kind of where to place emphasis and where to focus. And it's impossible, no matter who, I mean, the Dalai Lama is not thinking positively all the time. <laughs> like, it, that, that, that can't happen, right? We're human. We have very emotional responses to things. I mean, when we see somebody suffering, if we have a, you know, an anxiety thought or a worry thought about the future, it's okay, right? But it's also great to know that we're bigger than our anxiety. We're bigger than any, you know, any temporary situation. We can handle it. And I would challenge anybody who felt like, you know, maybe, I, maybe I can't handle things that happen, or maybe it's sometimes just too much. You have a history with the universe. So you can look back, right? It's very easy to only think about like the last week or the last 24 hours. But if you look back, right, if you kind of even look at your life in thirds, like the first third, second third, final third, say you're 30, that'd be the first 10 years, second, then the third. Like, what have you overcome in, in those thirds, right? Maybe you lost somebody, maybe you moved, maybe you overcame something very difficult. Like whatever it is, like you're more capable than you give yourself credit for. We're so quick to like jump on the mistakes, right? Or ju like jump on the things that we did wrong or that would correct. But if you really like, just look back, look back, take your time, think, what have I survived? And I, I speak in my book a lot around surviving. So my, you know, a, a very bizarre childhood, you know, moving around a lot, having, you know, addiction, abuse in my family and, and knowing, gosh, I know who I am. You know, if someone wants to say something, something mean to me in a DM, like, I'd say, <laughs> and, oh, and it happens, you know, absolutely it happens. It's, it's okay with me, right? Like we are stronger than we believe, stronger than we remember. And when we, this is kind of what can create this steadiness. And then when you have this steadiness, even rocking boats around you, like they can't sink you because it isn't even the rocky water that sinks you. It's the water that gets into your boat, right? Into your mind, into your space. So my steadiness, you can think, you know, my steadiness, my own boat, it's not getting in. <laughs> like it took, I, it took, it took me a while to get here and I'm steady. And this is a choice. No one can give this to you. It has to be something that you seize, that you claim, and that you enjoy, you know, and then kind of the way that you approach the world coming from this place of steadiness, not only is it far more peaceful, right? Maybe even boringly peaceful some days, which is pretty nice, but the, the world responds to you differently because they're like, oh, what does she know? What does he know? There's some peace, like there's something that they, they're doing right. There's something that they, that they know. And it's, it's what we're just discussing. It's just these fundamental truths. 
So it also, as a salesperson, I know makes you more attractive because you almost don't need anything, right? And needing nothing, like not needing one particular sale, one particular personal buyer, needing nothing attracts everything. It's very, very attractive when you're in your steady, non-needy place. You're just out there doing the things that feel good, doing your job, right? Doing what it is that, whatever it is that we're selling as humans, there are people buying it already or buying competitive products already. They have a budget for what it is that we're selling. So why not claim it? Like, why not, that, why not have that be yours? Like, you're worthy. And, and like, you can go big with it. Again, thinking... The worst thing that can happen is an emotion, remembering who you are, what you've already like accomplished. Like, why not even like think bigger? I mean, what are you waiting for? Our lives are temporary. So thinking big and kind of really going for it is also to completely your birthright. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. I was definitely getting the image of we're anchoring into our worth. And thank you for saying that about the boat and it's the water that gets in, like the positive and the negative. It's not even about that. It's just what, and we can fortify the boat. And I think that's really what we're, we're learning and what the practice is right now. So thank you. And I would love to hear you talk about this idea about flipping the cause and the effect. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I was mind blown. I had to rewind that podcast and go, huh, like my brain kind of did like a loop diddy loop. <laughs> I was like, all right, seven times, Luna. Okay, like go back. And I was like, we got to talk about this. I need another exposure to this idea right here. So, yes. John, sister friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so flipping the cause and effect. Now, this takes some courage, okay? Because a lot of us, we love our excuses, right? And the thing is, even a really good excuse is still an excuse, right? And um, I mean, that's okay. Excuses, I mean, we're very attracted to them because it means we don't have to do anything. And it means that we don't often have to, you know, use our courage, like do, do something scary and we kind of just get to stay safe or what we perceive as safe exactly where we are. So excuses, no matter how good and justified they look, they kind of work with this cause and effect model, meaning this is my excuse, right? This is the cause of something. And then the effect is, so let me give you an example. You can say, I really want to start a business. I really want to thrive in my business, but my husband doesn't support me. My husband doesn't support me. So he's the cause. And then the effect is that you can't thrive. You can't start your business or you can't thrive or scale your business because your husband didn't support you. And this can be applied to any excuse in any situation. And we all do this in one life area all the time. So it's not like there are people who do it, people who don't. We all kind of do it. But when you think about like the cause and effect, right? And this is traditional psychology. Often someone will say, you know, I had a difficult childhood, which means I can't trust men or I can't trust women. You know, oh, this happened to me. And so then this is true. If the cause and effect model were accurate, that would mean that anybody whose husband didn't support them, who had a difficult childhood, who, whatever the cause may be that we're holding on to, that they have never been able to create the effect. So like anyone whose husband didn't support them then didn't start a business or anyone whose husband didn't support them and didn't scale their business and really go supernova. So when you flip the cause and effect, you, you could, the way that you can look at it is I'm scared to level up. I'm scared to start my business. I'm going to blame my husband or I have been blaming my husband. So when you flip the excuse and the result or cause and effect, however you want to use it, the language doesn't matter. Then you take away the excuse and then like, what are you left with? And if you look around in any situation, no matter how impossible, 
there are people who've done the thing that you want to do despite having the same excuse that you have. It's remarkable. What humans can do, what they can achieve is incredible. So flipping the cause and effect, I would challenge everybody to think about this. Like, where is there a cause and effect in your life right now? And if you had to flip it, like, what would that mean? And the result is if you keep asking and then what, and then what, and then what, it is your freedom. <laughs> it is your complete freedom. And it's scary sometimes, right? Because you're like, oh, oh wow, like, I've got to do something now. Or I'm, I'm able, I'm free to do the things. Yes, that's the good news. And sometimes it's the bad or the scary news, right? But what, what can you not achieve? There are people who've started businesses without money, people who've had incredible sales careers, businesses with no education. I mean, no qualifications. Whatever you think is the thing that's holding you back, it's really important to know that it's uh, uh, often in a lot of cases, just something that is keeping you safe or we think it's keeping us safe when it just keeps us from kind of moving forward and fulfilling our potential. I'm mind blown and I'm seeing the chat over here and they're mind blown. And I, if you're open to this, we have a little bit, a little bit more time. Are you good on time, Susie? I know yes. we said no, I'm having, I'm having so much. I'm always like, okay. <laughs> more okay so I would love if we could watch just the teacher in me because I know some people are like I'm really hearing something here but I think I need maybe another example too so I would love to bring this into network marketing specifically yes so could you walk us through that thought process with two examples that are coming to mind yeah. one being maybe I'm not successful because my upline doesn't support me enough mm, okay another okay. one is I'm not this rank because I don't have that many views. I don't have that big of following, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So one being the upline, I'm not successful. One being I'm not the next rank because whatever, you can make something up your glorious. So I'm sure it'll be. Yeah. yeah. So the network marketing and this language is a bit new to me. So my upline, is that like your manager? Upline is no, we don't have, <laughs> no, here, but it's, um, it's basically like your mentor. So like, mentor. let's say like I'm seeing Stephanie here, like Stephanie talks about our product, right? And then somebody says, I want to also promote this product. Stephanie would be, let's say Susie is what we call upline. Okay. So the excuse would be my upline isn't supporting me enough, which is where I'm Yeah, they're not telling, they're not responding right away. They're not whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I would think, I mean, if you look around or ask anybody who in, in, in the network marketing model, has there been anybody ever who has been successful whose upline hasn't been like the best? Like, has that ever happened? Like in, you, in your company, in other companies, are there people who've thrived with bad mentors or no mentors or terrible leadership? Like, has that ever happened? And if that, if it has, then there's no value in that excuse because it's not a fact, right? We like to think that our feelings, our emotions are facts, that they're fixed, they're not. So if there's any evidence to the contrary anywhere, then it's like a piece of fiction that we're holding on to that's serving us somehow. This is somehow a self-serving behavior probably meaning it takes the pressure off or we don't have to take full responsibility or accountability or we think maybe I'm not powerful enough to make it happen so I can find someone else to kind of you know kind of loop in because really going for it scares me and guess what that's okay all these emotions are okay it's not shaming anything we're all human and we've all had all these emotions and excuses at one point or another all of us 
So I would say, okay, if there has been an upline for somebody else who hasn't maybe been the best, uh, have some of their team members or the people who go to the upline, forgive my not knowing the exact language, have they, some of them thrived. And if they have, then you're gonna have to know that that's possible for you right away. You can like, you can lose that limit. Like you can lose that belief because it's simply not true. So that would be one. And then the other one would be, well, I'm not successful enough because I don't have a big enough following. Yeah. yeah successful enough. Um, so like in our company, once you hit a certain like sales volume, you move up to the next rank. And a lot of people try and hit like the car earning rank. But what will happen is that people will, and that's happened in my, I should say I practicing I language, like mm -hmm. I, right. I plateaued at certain levels until what I call I mindset up leveled. Right. So commonly you'll hear like, well, I'm doing all the actions. I'm doing all the things. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know if that ties in at all, but would love to have you talk about that. That's something that I don't know if yeah. you could chat about, but this idea of, well, I'm not the next rank or if you think about it as like promotion, um, yeah. I'm not that yet because I don't have certain amount of followers, certain amount of cut. I'm not getting the engagement. There's lots of different things that I hear, but if you could right. respond on that. Be great. Yes, yes. I think probably we're already getting a bit of an idea around this, hopefully, right? We abdicate our personal accountability, personal responsibility so easily because, frankly, it keeps us really from doing anything, right? It can keep us kind of not taking action, kind of feeling safe and smaller where we are. And the thing is, if we want to feel victimized or if we want to feel as if, you know, that worthiness that is, is not there and we can't move forward, we will find reasons. We will, like, we will pluck them from anywhere. Here's somebody else's really good excuse. We'll create one. We will always find evidence to match how it is we're feeling about ourselves and what we're believing. So Luna, absolutely, you're spot on. It's like, what you can do all the actions, right? You can do them like on paper, but so much is going to be your alignment with that action and the belief behind the action that you're taking, maybe like the enthusiasm, how connected you are to it. And you have to understand that, yeah, you can find a million excuses, but at the end of it all, what, what are your, like, what are they? Do you want to have results or excuses? It's one or the other, and there is no in between. Like there is, there, there is no middle ground. <laughs> there is like, do you want to have a list of great excuses? And you go, my people might go, mm, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Congrats, you have some sympathy for a few minutes. Then what are you left with? Nothing, you know? Or do you want to have results? You, it's almost like you're choosing one or the other and then the mindset is one or the other. So whenever there's an excuse for anything, you can think, what is it I'm afraid of? If this weren't true, and we can always find evidence to, not, to, to support it as an untruth, if, if, it, if it's available, right? And in most cases, I'm yet to actually find an, an, an exception where we think something's a fact and it's actually proven to not be a fact if you find you know, like contrarian evidence. But to think, if this weren't true, like if I could remove this and you couldn't replace it with something else, like what would be possible for you? Like what would you be doing? How would your life be different? What would the outcome be? It might scare you a little, right? And that's a good thing actually. Because as human beings, like when we're experiencing fear, we're in this like this place of growth and happiness is progress. Like happiness is growth. So I wouldn't deprive yourself <laughs> the, the money, the great results, the prestige, the fun, all the benefits that come with results that ex excuses can never give you, no matter how gorgeous and 
easy to understand and sympathy inducing they are, they won't help you. And they won't help you certainly regret proof your life with your income, your business, like your contribution. So whenever there's an excuse, you can think, okay, what is it? How is this serving me? What would happen if, the, if it weren't true or if it weren't, if it weren't something that I could, like a story that I had or something that I could cling on to, what would change? And then to think about what, I mean, then what would happen? What, would it scare you? Good. Good. This is your life. Safety isn't the goal. Making it through unscathed with no fear isn't the goal of your life. <laughs> your, your life is such an important thing, you know? So when, when we hold ourselves back and we find these excuses, we're taking this big miraculous life and we're treating it like this tiny thing. So giving your power away, abdicating responsibility, it can maybe give you some temporary relief, but in the long term, you're not setting yourself up for anything, right? That is, I mean, bomb over there. Thank you so, 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 so much. I, this question keeps coming forward for me. And then I, we'll see what, what comes forward, but would you be open to like, if we did like three questions, because guys, yeah. I mean, this is like, yeah, absolutely. Like the bomb.com life coach. Like, I don't even know what it is hourly, but it's, it's going to be, <laughs> potato, okay? it's a lot. <laughs> I'm sure it's like, you know, minutes of her time is a lot. So if you do have questions, maybe put them in the chat and then maybe one or three that you're called to Susie, if we have time. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could address that. But I love how, so you, you really did contribute to Oprah. You really were on, on the Today Show. Mm -hmm. So I would, and you mentioned a lot about rejection. Yes. I'm just curious, do you even know how many times you've been rejected before you got those wins oh my god well let me i mean let me tell you all up i mean like let me get the <laughs> i mean loads plenty i mean i I'm, i want to put like a ratio number on it um, for some context so i'm thinking um so you mentioned oprah i think first so i pitched oprah probably 30 ideas 30 pitches and i've had three features oh, no, four, four, four features. So one to 10. Think about it. That's a lot of rejection, right? That's a lot. But my Oprah pieces make me money. Like they are such incredible lead magnets for me. They, they drive people to my site always. When you come to my site, if you sign up my newsletter, you get an immediate offer, then an upsell from that offer. Like the audience is so qualified. Like it's, they're so in touch with my message that it's, I mean, and by the way, what's a, what's a pitch and a rejection? What, about 90 seconds, right? The ideation, you get come up with your ID, and I will take that again, 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 truly like a brick wall. Like I joke that I'm rejection proof, right? Or that I reject rejection. Sometimes I even joke, like if, if an editor rejects me and you know, it happens all the time. And this week I have some really big media features coming up because you know, my book and I've been pitching myself, but I felt like a rejection though. I almost like laughed to myself and I'm like, oh, it's so cute that they think I'm going to stop. <laughs> they, they think like, this is it. That's all they're going to be hearing from me. So I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, thank you so much for letting me know. Here's another pitch. Or I'll be in touch in the future with, uh, or I'll be in touch with future pitches. And then in a week, there'll be another idea. And then they're like, oh yeah, we want this one. You know, so you like you just have to stay in it and know that if any, if ever it seems really easy or people aren't speaking about their failures, they're happening. They are happening. No matter what you don't see and no matter what people don't say, they are happening to everybody. I think that's so powerful, especially the 
well, that's cute that they think I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be powerful if we collectively as a group did that every time we got a no or somebody ghosted us or whatever, right? Yeah. I'm never drinking another ketone again. Well, that's cute. They think I'm going to stop. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and by the way, there is so much potential. It's not like there's only, you know, so many people who you can sell to, like the universe is unlimited. And the more, like, the more you're kind of out there, the more you realize, like, wow, the more you even sell, I think, or whenever I get a big media win, I'm like, wow, there's so much media I need to be in. There's so much more. Like, and I feel like with sales, it's the same. It's like, you get, you get a big account, you get a big deal. You're like, oh my gosh, where else? Well, what other money haven't I been accessing? Like, what other clients haven't I been, like, addressing? And it's, that, that's a really kind of exciting place to be, too. Okay, so we have, thank you so much for that. I didn't mean to just rush into, into that. My dog's going crazy, but there's some amazing questions in the chat right now. So if you're able to scan those, I would love for you to kind of pick three. If you want to do more, that's fine. Yes. Um, I think it would be like another 15 minutes. So I would love to have you address those if that feels Absolutely. Good. And don't be shy, friends. I think questions are so good. And it, you know, asking questions can be scary too because it makes us vulnerable. And that and vulnerability is such a strength. So it's so good to ask. Uh, okay, Melissa says, going live scares me. It's like Facebook lives, I guess, Instagram lives. So much, but I'm doing it. Courtney's been great with the engagement. Okay, that's not a question, but Melissa, fantastic. Only action cures fear. So, so if going live scares you, you do it five times, six times, it won't scare you anymore. There'll be something bigger next that will scare you. And that's how we keep leveling up, right? Because we just do the next scary thing, and then the next thing presents itself. And the fear never goes away. We just get better. So go live every damn day. In fact, somebody uh, said to me recently that they're afraid to go live. And I just said, if I were your coach, I'd give you a 24-hour deadline to do it. Or even like a two-hour deadline if you're like in a place where you have Wi-Fi. Do it now. So that's great. Um, Okay. Can you give me something? Can you give us something you say to yourself every day? Yes. Can I share my mantra with you? (laughs) I think the one thing that we do as humans is we overcomplicate everything, right? We think we have to suffer, sweat, hustle for like every dollar, every client, every good thing that happens. But we're being supported, right? And you can look for evidence in this in your life. Think about the things that have come to you in your life that are good, that you didn't expect, that were easy. And if you don't think that any have happened, I would really investigate it a bit more deeply because I did this exercise with somebody recently who said, oh no, nothing comes to me. I always have to, you know, you know, kill myself to get results. And we spoke about, you know, her pregnancies. They were easy. How she met her husband was easy. She has no health problems. Uh, she also spoke about this great collaborator that she had that she met through a friend. It was just kind of came to her. So we are being supported, right? This is getting real spiritual now, but we are being supported. And what you, what you seek is seeking you. Rumi, the, the 16th century poet said this. So if there is something that you want, it wants you. That's why we have our desires. And my mantra is, haha, let it be easy, right? So whatever it is, task, job, like promotion, presentation, whatever, I always think, how can this be easy, right? Letting it be easy. And this is sometimes I think where we get a little bit caught up, especially if we, you know, define ourselves or we kind of put ourselves in the bucket of perfectionism or, you know, being a perfectionist. Perfectionism has nothing to do with high standards. It is about failure anxiety. So when we think, you know, 
oh God, it has to be perfect. It has to be just right. Someone has to check it before I send the email or, you know, whatever it is. Maybe not. What about it? Just be good enough. Good enough. Get it out there. Volume. <laughs> do the things. Like, do the things. It's enough. Let it be easy. Versus, you know, you don't have to struggle, sweat for everything. Good things will come to you. You just have to meet the universe halfway, right? You have to, like, do the work, like, take the action. Feel good about it. And then it's amazing, too, what can flow to you. And have you noticed, too, that success just kind of attracts more and more success? Often you kind of get in that flow, something good happens, then something else and something else. So what we call an upward spiral, happens in the opposite too. But it's like, how can you just kind of get some wins? Like get, get, get things rolling and allow more and more to flow with ease to you. Uh, okay. Um, so that's what I say every day, let it be easy. Okay, a story I struggle with is my voice doesn't matter. Thoughts on flipping that thought. Yes, okay. So there's actually a turnaround that, I mean, one of the, I guess, life coaching tools that we use is when you have a statement or a belief, we question it, saying, you know, is it fact or fiction? And then we flip it. We kind of play around with the statement. So if you think, you know, my voice doesn't matter, some turnarounds would be, my voice does matter, right? Could that be true? Maybe your voice matters and you know it and it scares you how much it matters. So it's easier to say it doesn't matter and then say nothing. The same way you could say somebody doesn't listen to me. You know, say, no. Kate doesn't listen to me. You can say, Kate does listen to me. Or I don't listen to Kate. Like I don't listen, or maybe I don't listen to other people's voices. You kind of play around with the statements because sometimes our mind will, instead of like just trusting the fearful, it will like protect us by creating a victim statement because then it doesn't have to be us being wrong. So think about it, is, it, is that a fact that my voice doesn't matter? So is, that a fact, is that a fact? Like it's just, just a real question, yes or no? Like your voice doesn't matter. Everybody's voice matters, everybody's. So what would be a reframe for this? My voice matters. <laughs> it would be as simple as that, right? As simple and difficult as that, but the thing is, this thought, this belief, it's created in the mind and it's destroyed the same way in the mind or replaced. So whenever we think what, you know, we have this statement, is it a fact? Your voice doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, sorry, Marika, your voice doesn't matter. That's it. <laughs> You're stuck with that one. <laughs> no, your voice does matter. Every voice matters. You can test that. You can even kind of like try it on, see how it feels when you say it. Or if that feels too direct or bold, what could be something a bit softer that you could believe a bit, um, with maybe a bit more ease to begin with, you can think, um, maybe my voice counts sometimes. You know, you don't have to go like straight to the opposite thought or like, opposite action. You can think, yeah, maybe sometimes my voice actually deserves to be heard. Starting there, like letting it be easy, like a little bite, right? Like <laughs> you, you bite, 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 and then the cookie disappears, right? So then like the cookie being like this, uh, this unhealthy belief, right? So what is it that we can kind of loosen up a bit here? My voice doesn't matter. Like, what does that mean? My voice doesn't matter. I don't matter. I'm not worthy. Yes, you are, whether you like it or not. <laughs> it's just that that is a fact, right? So my voice doesn't matter. I would soothe it, think, hmm, maybe my voice does matter sometimes because I'm a worthy being. Every voice matters. Would you say that statement to anybody else that their voice doesn't matter? I don't think so. Okay, 
Am I missing anything? Sorry, I'm, I'm really slow with comments. <laughs> Jan, she says, how do we rewrite the story we tell ourselves? Oh, what a good question. Well, your personal story matters because you'll never rise above your personal story, right? So I would think, what is my story, right? And okay, if you're already asking yourself this question, you're in the top 10% of people. No one's thinking, what's my story? <laughs> They're just like, this is how life is, you know, and this is just it. And we accept feelings as facts, other people's stories as facts, opinions, beliefs we've inherited as facts. Very little is factual. So I think, okay, what is my story right now? Think about it. And do you know what? If your life is good and you're satisfied, you probably have a pretty good story, right? But probably if you want to rewrite it, something isn't satisfying. So instead of thinking about the whole story and attacking it, you know, with this kind of big task, I would think what area of my life isn't working? Like what, and say maybe, um, let's just say it's about money, right? I would do this. I would say, what do I believe about money? Write it down. It will surprise you. And do, no one's going to see this but you. But you can just say, what do I believe about money? I, I did this exercise with another entrepreneur once. And she was like, well, if I make a lot of money, I'm going to get sued. If I make a lot of money, then my sister who's been struggling in her business, she's going to feel really uncomfortable. Like what, what are the deep kind of ugly things we think might be true, right? What the beliefs we have about any life area. It's as simple as this, no fancy pad needed, nothing, right? What do I believe about X? Because there are gonna be areas in everyone's life that work out that don't need a reframe for a story. And some that probably do if we don't feel fulfilled. So what, what do I believe about, right? So then you write down your beliefs and then you can look at your statements and then you can say, is this a fact? Is it a fact that my sister will feel abandoned and reject me or turn on me or I'll outshine her and that is a crime or whatever it is we believe about it? Or we think, is it true that if I make a lot of money, there are gonna be people who are gonna take from me or take advantage? Is that a fact, right? Look at your statements, because there are beliefs, right? And beliefs are strong because life matches our beliefs always. So when you think, okay, what is it I believe? Look at your facts, that your, your, your beliefs, which you have been receiving as facts until now, until this exercise, and then look for evidence that supports other interpretations, other theories, other beliefs. And you'll always find them if you look. You'll always find people who are more successful than their family, way more successful than their husband, way more successful than, you know, whatever. And they, they have a great marriage, right? They love their family. They're okay and comfortable. They're like, it's safe for me to be a rich, powerful woman or whatever it may be. I think that didn't feel safe before. So think about, think about what I believe about whichever life area, write down your statements, question each one. Is this a fact? What could an alternative fact be? What could another interpretation be? And then play around, right? Play around with each one. And again, you don't have to go from you know, my voice matters, doesn't matter to my voice matters, but could you just ease up a little bit on the facts and say, if I make money, it might make a little, someone a little bit uncomfortable. That's okay. It's okay. It happens. When change happens, some people, you know, they, they respond the way that they respond. Maybe that's okay with you. Maybe that can be all right. It's often just this, uh, these unexamined beliefs that are the most dangerous because we don't know why it's not working out, right? We don't know why the thing isn't changing or why the air, like this part of our life, it isn't just flourishing. And it's because there is a belief that's invisible, but insipid that we just, we need to just shine a light on it and not make it so kind of scary. 
And instead of going like, I need to dramatically change my story, just say, okay, what couple areas about my life might I start with? Or just one, choose one. Think about what your thoughts are. The thoughts on repeat, which then become beliefs. That's what a belief is, a thought that's been, you know, uh, on, on loop for a long time. And then think, you know, where can there be a little bit of flexibility here? Where could I ease up on myself? What else could be true? Like, if this isn't a fact, what's what another person, like how, how is somebody else receiving this or interpreting this in their life? And seek out those role models. Like, and one other thing I'll say too, is if you are successful and you ever feel apologetic about it, or you know, you're like, well, oh, I don't wanna like show anyone or tell anybody, remember that you're a role model for other people. Success is generous in any life area. I feel like slaying it with, um, I mean, anything. If you have a great relationship, if you have a great business, if you have a great money mindset, if, you have, if you've been sober, if you've got a great health routine, like whatever it is, you're a role model. And whether or not you like it, and it doesn't mean that you have all the responsibility, but we need real life role models and success in any life area is a very generous act. It's a very, very generous act. So when we improve ourselves, we you know, shift from what we believe are facts move into like really healthy beliefs, we're also helping other people around us too, because we're silently, by taking care of ourselves, giving them permission to do the same thing. So I don't know if that was three questions or if there are others, but I hope, I hope this was useful. That was so powerful. Thank you so much, Susie, for everything. We literally have five more minutes, so we can either wrap up now or if somebody does have another burning question or maybe you have a clarification question, we can probably squeeze in one more. So I'm just looking to, okay, it's lighting up. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just waiting to see if a question comes through. I'll I feel something funny. Stephanie says, oh my gosh, when somewhere in the choir sings a wrong note, their voice mattered. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yes, keep it simple. Uh, just help me clear up. Other questions. Just lots of thanks. Um, if you did type a question and maybe we missed it, if you could retype it because I don't want to miss it, that's for sure. Yeah, or maybe sometimes it's helpful to share your takeaway, like if there was a takeaway, because uh, whenever there's like a Q&A, I know there's a, kind of a lot of back and forth, but maybe if everyone shared a takeaway, then we can be reminded of some lessons that were useful for others. I that love can that. Powerful. Yeah, so you guys can share that here and definitely when this is over, we're going to share that in the chats. But if you have something right now you want to anchor in, you say go live every day, but what all should we be focused on saying? Mandy, can you clarify on that? We have trainings about lives and topics and all of that, but maybe you want a clarification around a different, a different area. But if you're looking for like, what should I be going live about? How do we intro? Like we have training specific to that. So get with your upline. But again, I might be misreading, misreading your question. But the chat is just on fire with thanks to you. I know that was action cures fear. I have that broke down. I have safety is not the goal. I have so many. Like I've been <laughs> Was that not incredible? If you got some amazing takeaways, please make sure to tag me on the gram. Make sure to screen capture the podcast. Tag Susie as well. And again, if you haven't grabbed this book, go grab it. It's on my top reads for network marketers. It will help you explode your business. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed the sneak peek into this team training and the sneak peek into the process that Susie has used herself and her personal life. I love you guys. Have a blessed day and I'll see you on the next episode.